The following audio is from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. So this morning in a prayer lab is what we're calling this morning. It's not a traditional message in the sense where we're opening up God's word and we're just going to talk, talk about prayer. I, I was thinking and praying like, Lord, who's a prayer warrior that we could have share and then the Lord spoke and said, well, I don't have a prayer warrior for you, but I have a prayer clinger. Now, there's a difference. Prayer warrior is someone who goes in and they fight. It's sort of if you've seen the war room, you picture someone who is speaking out loud and they're bold and strong. And this person is bold and strong. And you know this person is going to come share briefly in a moment here. But what I admire about this person is that he's a prayer clinger. When life is swirling down, down, down the drain, he clings on to Jesus. When life is going up, he clings on to Jesus. When life is stable, he clings on to Jesus. Uh, so if you would give a warm welcome, uh, our, one of our elders, Eric Young, Ree's husband, is going to share with us for a little bit this morning. And, uh, and here's the thing. We're talking about prayer today, so you might have questions already preloaded. So if you have questions, uh, there's a number right there. I want you to text in any questions you have about prayer, how to pray, why to pray, what should we say when we pray, is there a better place to pray, all these types of things. Send those in while Eric is talking because we're going to have Eric share. We're going to do some Q&A answering, and if you don't have a phone to text in, we'll, we'll, you can just shoot up your hand when we get to that point. And then at the end of that, we're going to have a time where we'll walk through a guided prayer and have an opportunity to pray for any needs in the chapel family this morning. Sound like a plan? Okay, don't. Now, here's the thing. Just don't forget to pray us in. Because oh, that would be awkward. Yeah, that would you, be good. Uh, yeah, that would, okay, that would be you, a bad you you. thing. Yeah, in fact, uh, we were talking about prayer the other day. And we were sitting having this great hour long discussion on prayer. And I was about to get up. He said, uh, Well, we should pray when we leave. And I was like, Oh, I guess I think we should. So, yeah, that's good because uh, I don't want to be up here just saying words for myself. That You don't want to hear that. We need words from the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Lord God, you have done some tremendous things, and you've done tremendous things in the past. You want to do tremendous things now, and you want to do tremendous things in the future. And you use, when we see people in the Bible, they were ordinary people, but you were extraordinary, and we qualify for the ordinary, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you would take our hearts and put us in a place where we can tap into your extraordinary and do the things that brings joy to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so most of you know me, obviously. I'm Eric Young. Uh, one of the things you, I, I would say there's probably three things I've done to galvanize somewhat of a reputation here, just from feedback from what people said. People, like one, people know I get into my music. When I'm praying, I get into my worship. I can't help it. It's, it's, it's in the bone marrow. You know, some people worship and it goes out. Mine goes in, and then it comes out on the instrument. So that's, that's one situation. Uh, another, situ another reputation thing that I have is, and you have to be in the band of brothers to know this sometimes in our connect group, is that I have the ability to take Bible studies and, and slow them down to a glacial pace. Much to the dismay of Ryan on most cases. I mean, we started James just yesterday, and I came in before we even started the first verse. I was like, okay, what is joy, and what's the definition of joy, and how does that differ from happiness? Before, you know, we got about four verses in, which is 
typical when I'm, when I'm there and Ryan lets me have some rain. Uh, so, and the, the third thing that I have a reputation for, I think mainly amongst the elders, is me always calling for prayer. Because I'm like, okay, we're going to do something. You know, they're talking about, uh, well, we're going to do this thing. or We have this problem. I'm going, well, we need to pray about that. Or we want to do this big thing. Well, we need to pray about that. Or how do we take a person from this level in Christ and take them up here? We got to do it. We got to start with prayer. And it, it always comes back. So I, I think I've developed this reputation. And I think Ryan put it in a good way. I'm not necessarily a, a prayer warrior. I wouldn't give myself. But I, 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 a prayer clinger is a very good description because I do go to that. So those are some things that describe me. Now, I want you to imagine with me for a second. Okay? Okay, so you're going out to your mailbox to get the mail, all right? And then you pull out the mail, and you've got, you know, the circular mail and those kind of things. Of course, you got some bills in there. But then you've got this one envelope. And, you know, have you ever get one of those envelopes where it's, like, high quality? Maybe it's got a little seal on it. You know, oh, this thing's special. And so you, you kind of open that up before you even get in the house, right? You want to pull that out, and you, and you open it up, and you break the seal on it, and it has a very ornate invitation. Okay, on that invitation, it says, you are invited to spend half a day with anybody that walks this earth. Half a day. Could be famous people. Athletes, musicians, who would you who would you want to spend half a day with? Somebody give me some names. He, he froze up. Anybody else? You Tim Tebow. Okay, that was a good one. Anybody else? Bruno Mars. Okay, want to get some dance moves. Pentatonic. So you want to take it into like five people, huh? Stretch it out in five people. Jason Momoa. Okay. So, so we have these people. Okay, did you get yours, Austin? What was Lay Menu Miranda? See, I don't Lynn Miranda. Is that it? You're gonna have to tell me who that is. Oh, we got one in the back and we'll take Chris Tomlin, of course, you'd want to yeah, hang out with Chris Tomlin. So we got people that we want to hang out with. Now, some people may be willing to spend some money to do that, wouldn't they? We see that, you know, if somebody said, oh, uh, you know, we give you a session with Warren Buffett, you know, a, a billionaire, and he can give you some tips on how to increase your, your stock portfolio. Some people have and may be willing to spend a lot of money on stuff like that. But here's the good news. You have an opportunity to spend time with the God of the universe. You know what the best thing about that is? The price has already been paid. So that's, that's a good thing. Now, when we talk about prayer, first, like I do in my Bible studies, and I, I break things down to a simple thing, we got to get a working definition of prayer, because that can mean many things to different people. So to just give you a working definition of prayer, we'll go with the act of communicating with God through either talking to God or listening to God. And that second thing could be kind of interesting to people because a lot of people think about talking to God, but they don't think about listening to God. 
Now, us guys who were in the band of brothers, we had the privilege, and I, I can't establish this, this thing called solitude together. I know it's an oxymoron, but it's, it's that way on purpose, because what we'll do is we'll go out to Apollo Beach around 8.15 in the morning, and we will find, and then we go, okay, you find a place on the beach by yourself, nobody close to you, and then we'll spend an hour in silence just listening for what God says. And then after that hour, we'll all gather up, we'll come back to the pavilion, and we'll share about the things that God said. And it is amazing what God has done in that time and shared with us. Even Austin, I, Austin came one time, I'll pick on Austin, because I was like, and Austin was a little younger, and I've had Austin in the back, you know, he, he, he doesn't sit still very well, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to go well. And so I remember exactly what Austin said one time. He saw some birds flying in a V pattern, and then he was the first one to share it, and he, and he said, you know what, I saw these birds flying in a V pattern, and I figured that the first one out in lead, that was God, and the other was following. And then he said, at one point, one bird started lagging behind, and then the rest of the formation slowed up so the other one could catch up. And he said, when we're having problems and we're, we're not going as fast, God will slow down to make sure we catch up. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So that just shows how good that time can be. So we also can do that by listening. Now, the next question is, why should we pray? Why should we pray? And I'm going to try to be brief on this, which I'm not good on, but I'm going to try to take you on the history of from the beginning of mankind. So God created the universe, right? He created heaven, and then he created the earth, then he created the animals, then he created man, right? He did something different to man. He breathed his spirit into man. And so what did he do with Adam in the Garden of Eden? He communicated with him. He talked with him. He gave him instructions. He said, don't eat from that tree. He, told, he gave him a job to do. He said, okay, you're going to name the animals. So probably a situation where God was saying, you know, hey, what's this animal going to be? Uh, that's a tiger. That's a bear. That's a duck-billed platypus because it looks kind of weird. You know, so he had that communication. Then Adam sinned, and there was still some communication going on because God was like, he knew where he was, but he asked him the question, where are you? Of course, Adam was hiding. He said, because I was naked. And God said, how did you know you, you were naked? So at that point, sin entered the world, and that relationship between God and man changed drastically. So now we have a holy and pure God up here that can't have anything to do with sin, and we have man down here with no way to get back to him. Now, God would communicate with specific people at certain times, but it was only when he wanted to, I mean, and it was... And it was spread out. It wasn't constant communication with people. At one point, Moses had the opportunity to talk to God and kind of see the aftergoings of God. And when God was giving him the Ten Commandments up on the mountain, when he came down, the people said to him, Moses, we're all right talking to you, but we don't want God to talk to us. Otherwise, we will die. And that was the truth of the situation because, again, we're dealing with a holy, all-consuming, pure God that once sin 
ever encounter him, it will be obliterated. And of course, man being sinful had a major problem. So we go on through history and God talks to the people, judges, and then you have the prophets. God would talk to the prophets. And then the prophets would talk to the people. I even think when Daniel, and I can't say I've studied this all recently, but even when I think, I'm sorry, when I think of David, God did most of his talking through the prophets to David. When he sinned, Samuel came to him. So, so we see situations where the prophets talk to the people, and then in a lot of cases the people would stone the prophets to death. Then after that, 400 years of radio silence, no communication, then Jesus is born. John the Baptist proclaims the Savior is coming. Jesus comes. He starts his ministry. Now we have somebody who's fully God and fully man, and people can talk to him and interact with him and those kind of things. They see his healing. They see his powers. Of course, he's put to death. Then he's resurrected from the dead, defeating sin, death, and Satan. And then he's ascended into heaven. But you know, once he did that, and we come into a saving relationship with us, a, a ton of things happen. But one of the things that happen is that we can have communication with God anytime we want. Because even in the past, when they set up the Levitical laws, the only person could go and get anywhere near God too was a high priest, and he had to go behind a, a, a curtain, and if he wasn't pure, he would get zapped and you couldn't even go in there to get him, so they had to tie a string around him to yank him out, yank his carcass out. But we have the privilege to go to the kings of kings, the Lord of lords. We, we have the privilege to basically enter the throne room and talk to him. So that's one of the main reasons why we should pray is because God paid a severe price for us to have that privilege. And it's not like a privilege like we're some distant relative or anything. Because in Romans 8, it said the Holy Spirit gives us the spirit to cry out, Abba, Father. Father uh, establishing that authority, but the Abba is a term in endearment. That's like daddy, poppy. That's like climb up in your lap kind of situation. And before Jesus, those two words were never put together. And now Abba, Father, we're put together. So we have the authority of who God is, and we have that closeness with him. And we're not, we're adopted into his family, but we're not like step, step kids like you see in the fairy tales. I mean, they say we're co-heirs with Christ, so we get everything that Jesus gets. Isn't that a good thing? Okay. So we've been given some special things. The other thing is that we're commanded to pray. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians it says we should pray without ceasing. And all through the Bible there's different situations of what we should pray for, whether it's healings, whether we feel anxiety, and all those kinds of things. It says to pray. And you know, I'm going to give you one more because I know I'm getting long and we got Q&A to do, we got some discussion with Ryan, but one thing I would say and I would say this is not thus saith the Lord, but I said a strong conviction in mine. One, God wants to do specific, he wants to say specific things to you. 
He, and he also wants to say specific things to us as a body. He has specific things he wants you to do. And would you agree that our God is a supernatural God? Okay. Our enemy is a supernatural enemy too, right? Okay. So if God, and a lot of times God asks us to do things that require supernatural results. So how are we going to do that in the natural? We try to. We try to. And you know what? That, that makes us religious. That makes us stressed out. And if it looks like we're, we're getting good at it in that religious mode, then we get judgmental of others. But most of the time, we get burned out. But if we're going to him and asking him and talking to him and persisting with him, he says, ask and you shall receive. He says, if your, if your son asked you for bread, will you give him a stone? Or he says, if he asked you for a fish, would you give him a snake? He says, and he's talking to people as parents, he says, and you, though you are evil, know how to give good things. How much more does your heavenly Father know how to give good things? So we have a real opportunity to spend time with the God of the universe. And we need to. And like Ryan said, I'm a, I'm a clinger because I do. I, uh, I pray a lot to God. And ever since I've been in Florida, there's been kind of a financial trial that I've been in because God told me to go into a certain line of work and I listened to him and it's been tough and I've watched my finances go down and I've prayed to him I've cried to him I've been mad at him I've shouted at him sometimes I remember going my financial ruin is not going to give you any kind of glory there's been times where I just didn't know what else to do but say help. There's been times where I prayed for stuff and I didn't get it. And what's interesting, my son was in town here recently, and we had our granddaughter too, and my granddaughter asked him something. He said no, and then he said, but mom said yes. And he, he said something interesting at the table. He said, well, you know what? When I was a kid, sometimes my mom would say yes, but my dad said no. So I'm doing that too. But there were legitimate reasons why he said no. Sometimes we didn't want to give them everything because they would become more spoiled or it wouldn't develop anything in them. And I know that I can reflect on that as a dad. There are some right reasons why we say no to our kids when they ask. And there are some right reasons why God says no to us sometimes while we ask. And then there's other things where he asks us to persist. He gives a, he give, Jesus gave a parable of a persistent widow that kept nagging this evil judge at the wrong done to her. And finally, the evil judge just said, you know what? Give her whatever she wants because I'm just tired of hearing for her. But he juxt Jesus juxtaposed that to if an evil judge would do that, how about, how about your loving father? So... We're going to get into a, uh, a dialogue section, but before I do that, I just want to pray because one of the things we're going to challenge you, encourage you to do is pray a little bit more. Maybe, maybe you don't pray, so pray a few minutes. See what God would have you do. But here's the thing I know, too. 
God may give some of you special, you may have special gifting you don't even know about in your prayer. And I can give you an example of somebody who does have that gift, and that's my wife, Ree. Because a lot of times we'll pray for people, and then I'll give my prayer, and people are like, they're happy, you know, they're good with it. And then Ree will come in, she'll, she'll pray, and she'll go, I don't know what this means, you better check it out with God. But then she'll go, da-da, da-da, da-da. And the next thing I know is that tears are rolling down people's eyes because she's nailed exactly what they've been struggling with. And I believe that there are other people like that, but you may not know because we just haven't exercised it to see. Because we need those people to come and intercede for people. So let me pray. Lord, Father, we do need to seek you, Lord. And I hope that we would be a church and not just want to come here and just kind of do the church thing and just kind of get our hour in and take off. I pray that you allow us to want to go beyond that through your Holy Spirit and seeking you in prayer. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Q&A. So I got some interesting ones. <clears throat> First one, I'd, I'd never thought of this before, but I like this. Uh, Matthew 18 talks about Jesus saying that where two or three are gathered in application to prayer, uh, it is that the Lord is there with them in their presence. And that particular chapter in Matthew 18, it's talking about confronting someone in their sin. Mm -hmm. So it's saying two or three get together. If you pray, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That's a very strong yes. phrase. So the question is, does this, does this multiply out? So like if there's 500 people that pray together, is that more powerful than two or three? Are, are three better than two? Are two better than one? Are we just supposed to only pray with others? Because there are passages about praying alone in your closet. So how, mm -hmm. how does that work? What are your thoughts first? The answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. We're supposed to see, we see examples of people seeking God on their own as Jesus did. He modeled it. But we also see situations where God is waiting for people to come to him collectively to do things. And w it would be great if we prayed individually here. But I think that God wants to do something big through us as a church body. And that means us coming together to pray. Yeah. The Bible says in many places, you have not because you ask not. Mm -hmm. Some of you have asked um, about the, the young man who's in the coma that I had pr we prayed for last week, TJ. He's in the hospital. He's starting to respond more. So you say, you know, is one person's prayer more powerful? Like, yes, like, let's put one person up there because one person may have the gift of healing. But we don't know what God is waiting for. It's like there's a storehouse in the heavens of God's kingdom power. And God says, I want, I want you to pray. Because it might be that God's waiting not for my prayer or not for an elder's prayer. Maybe it's that God's waiting for your prayer or our cumulative prayers, our hearts to be aimed towards something, which is why it's important for us to share our prayer needs. And I, I know it's popular in our modern culture, and, I, and I, I've, I've mentioned this before to the elders especially. We have this thing that we call unspoken prayers, right? Who's done unspoken prayer requests? I've done them. You can raise your hand, and then I'm going to shame us all. Um, think, about, think about this. The Bible says that God, that we're to make our requests made known to God, that we should confess our sins to one another, that we should bear one another's burdens. It is very hard to bear unspoken burdens. Now you can try to bear it. So people could say, man, I really, could you pray for me? I say, yeah, yeah, what's your prayer request? It's unspoken. It's an unspoken, unspoken secret prayer request. I'm like, then I, I don't know what to bear. What am I bearing? What am I holding up? And here's why it's hard, because some of these things are very private. 
Maybe some of them are financial troubles. Maybe some of them are, are uh, physical issues that you don't want to share because they're shame or fear. I, I understand that. But you got to find your people, your tribe, that mm-hmm. you can say, man, this is what I'm going through. Please lift this up in prayer to me. Uh, and, I, and I don't even mind praying for anonymous people, but it's, it's helpful if you know exactly what you're praying for to name the things and to say, Lord, this person needs this much money by this date. This person has cancer in this part of their body. Please invade, heal, and make it better. Uh, so that's what I would say with that. And the more people can get praying on those things, the better. And I would also just add with the collective prayer is that I've been in prayer sessions where somebody says, I just get this little bit and it's incomplete picture. And then somebody else goes, oh, well, that relates to this. No, it's almost like God said, okay, you get this paintbrush color, you get this paintbrush, you get this paintbrush. And everybody adds their, in, adds their little bit in and it makes a full picture and you get an answer. Okay. Now, um, this is something... I think it's important, too. Uh, some people don't know how to pray at times. If you've never struggled with praying, it's maybe because you haven't tried to pray. I think every person I've ever known has struggled in some degree with prayer. It feels like your, your words are bouncing up a wall and coming back down. They don't feel important. You don't feel like you're getting your, your mail answered, per se. Uh, I would encourage you with this. Uh, if you struggle with prayer, there's a ton in the Bible about when to pray, how to pray, what to pray, and it doesn't have to be long prayers. When Jesus himself, his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Do any of you know his answer? If you grew up in the church, I know you know this answer. I know that Erica knows this answer because they have to read it before communion at Presbyterian churches. If you grew up in the English high church, I know you know this answer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right now, all the children's church schools, people are getting scarred. But, but think about this prayer. When Jesus, he said, Jesus, teach us to pray, he gave them a paragraph. He didn't say, go into your closet and pray for 10 hours. He said, pray like this. So if you don't know where to start in prayer, start with that. And the Bible mentions a lot, a few things, that, and these are just tips for those of you who have questions related to when and how to pray. The Bible says, pray in the morning, pray in the evening. The Bible says, pray with hands lifted high. The Bible says, clap your hands. The Bible says to be honest in your prayer. Uh, the Bible says that when you're anxious, to cast your anxieties on God. If you, if you want to know when to pray, every time you worry, pray. Every time you worry. You get a bill, you're like, how am I going to pay this? Pray. If you worry about your kids, send them off to school. Man, my kids, I'm so worried. They got bad grades. They're getting bullied. Pray. You worry about pulling out of here. Man, I don't, have, I don't think I have enough gas to get to the gas station. You might think, well, that's not prayer worthy. But if it reminds you to pray, whatever reminds you to pray, take that as an opportunity to pray. You know those things, if you add those things in pretty much, <coughs> then you're praying throughout the day. That's how you get to that prayer without ceasing. Yeah. I know some, oh, this same person. I know some who say that prayers that end with, but thy will be done, are weak. They show unbelief in his power, that we should pray for healing, etc., if he's already done it, and if the prayer doesn't work, it's due to the prayers, the prayer's unbelief. What would you say to that? I would say that anything, I have heard this before, people, people say, don't say thy will be done in the end of a prayer because it's like giving doubt. And there's passages in the book of James that say don't pray as a double-minded man. Mm-hmm. You'll be like a man tossed by the winds and the waves. Uh, pray with certainty and faith that God's outcome will be accomplished. My, my main response to that, though, is going to be Luke um, 22, like the end of when Jesus is praying in Luke, he says, Lord, if you would remove this cup from me, uh, nevertheless, let thy will be done. So Jesus himself says, 
when he's praying right before he's about to get betrayed, he says, Lord, if you could do anything, Father, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. So if, if Jesus says it, then I think that's something that we should be able to say as well. Uh, I don't think that that obviously means that he's not acting out of lack of faith. He's just saying his heart. And sometimes we think we need to give God the veneer version of ourselves, the shiny version. But God already knows what you're feeling. So it's better if you're honest with him and you say, here's my struggle, Lord. Here's what I would hope would come to be, but, but your will be done. That's why the Psalms are so good, because they give great examples of people in different moods and how they come to God. How do you pray for the most difficult things you're going through? Um, so there's, there's two things. One, I'm always praying my own words. But usually the most difficult things, and maybe I don't know where you're at, um, question asker, sometimes you don't even have words to pray. So when I, when I think of that, I think of Romans chapter 8. The Bible says that... Uh, in our prayers, sometimes we can't even get out the words, so we just groan. Sometimes the best, most real, most authentic prayers are our prayers where we are just groaning. We're saying, ah! <laughs> and the Bible says the Holy Spirit takes that grunt, that groan, that moan, that exhale, and says, I, I know what you need. I'm going to send this up to the Father. I'm going to bring the needs and desires of your heart that you can't even articulate into the English language to God the Father. And I think that some of you are good groaners. And, <laughs> and maybe perhaps you've never thought about that as being your prayers. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to have the most eloquent words. I remember um, I was praying. One of my first times I remember praying with someone from an Eastern European culture. It was early in my life with Jesus. And, uh, and I had learned early on in Christianity, you don't cuss like in, around Christians. Um, and so we go to pray, and I'm praying with this guy. He doesn't speak, a, he speaks enough English to speak. And, uh, and as we're praying, he starts dropping modern curse words in our prayer. So I'm 19, 20 years old, and he's praying, and he just starts dropping curse words. And I'm, I'm like getting zapped. I'm like, what? You just said that to the Lord. And I didn't say it out loud. I'm just getting freaked out. Like, dude, this kid is not holy. He's praying. He's saying things that I couldn't say, like, in, like, any Christian Bible study. And we get done, and I say, dude, you were cussing to God. And he said, which one was cussing? I said, dude, all of them. <laughs> I said, you said the, the F word. You said the SH word. You said so many bad words. You said the ASS word. You said the D-A-M-N word, but not in, like, the Bible way. And he goes, well, I, I just know that we use those words for emotion. Uh, and, I th and I thought, okay, should I start cussing? And no, I didn't. I never started doing it. <laughs> but, but it got me thinking. He, in his culture, like those words, similar to ours in some sense, they were used as like a visceral, this is what I'm feeling. And he brought that same emotion into prayer. Now, granted, like I did talk to him, I said, dude, in America, you got to like ax out some of these words or you're going to freak people out. But, but the, the heart behind it was that he said, I, I, I felt this bad about something. This is the word I would use if I was talking to my friends. So why wouldn't I use it talking to my Lord? I said, because your friends are jacked up and the Lord is not. <laughs> but um, but that, that's, that's something that I think is when you're in your tough spot, give God what's on your heart. And, and don't, don't be worried about if you're saying the right thing, asking the right thing. Ask all the things from all the directions. And when you run out of things to say, just groan and exhale and say, Lord, I don't even know what to say. I need help saying what to say. Uh, and then cling, cling.
cling to it. Be a prayer clinger. Prayer warriors, those are overrated. That makes us sound cool. Right. Prayer clinger makes us sound like what we really are, in desperate need for yes, someone who can actually absolutely. do something. Okay. Uh, describe laying on of hands during prayer. Okay. Well, in, in James, it talks about if, somebody's, so if somebody is hurt, they should come to the elders and have them lay on their hands. So there, there is something that with the laying on of hands. I, I don't know it specifically what it does, but it does put a level of commitment there uh, on, the, on it. And uh, there are times where we need to get a little bit more intense in our prayer and lay hands and let that be directed towards that person. Yeah, and I have a sort of a theology of physical um physical touch that I think is important that we don't we underestimate. We all know, you guys, have, many of you have heard this, if babies are left unattended, not cared for, not loved, not touched, what happens to them? They, they die. They guess they can die. Um, if I high-five you, does that carry more connection than if I hug you? What's more connected? Hugging, right? Uh, so God is wired in. We are not just spirits that happen to have bodies or bodies that happen to have spirits. We are body and spirit. And there's something about physical touch that connects us, that unites us, which is why I think that God wires some of these things in. It's why I did like the, you know, plus three hug, hug, and then when it gets awkward, add three seconds, because it creates a different type of bond, has a, a separate amount of unity that's the next level. And the laying on of hands is something that uh, I think is important. And you see it, the importance of touch. For example, the woman, if you remember the sermon from a few weeks ago, who was healed of her bleeding. After 12 years, it was her touch and her faith through that touch that activated God's power in her life. So there is something to physical touch that is important. Uh, so I would say anytime you're sick, have people lay hands on you. Don't lay hands on people like guidelines. Don't lay hands on people if you don't ask them. Don't lay hands on children that aren't yours without asking the parents and the child. Like, don't just walk around and be like, I'm going to pray for you in publics and be like, ah, Shekinah glory, hallelujah. <laughs> um, like, I, I get it that you might be like, I want to heal somebody, but let's make sure in our culture especially you're, you're doing what's appropriate, and then engaging God uh, according yes. to his word. Okay, we'll take one more question. We'll do prayer lab uh, quickly. I know we're going a little long today, but I want us to be able to pray together. Uh, shouldn't we balance prayer requests with thankful gratitude, worship, and prayer so it doesn't seem whiny? Yes. If you, if you missed the one where we did the whole service was guided prayer, we had a prayer model called OSIPA. And this week, every day on Facebook, we're going to be posting prayer things, and then I'm going to send out an email with a bunch of the prayer tools uh, tomorrow morning. So it'll have prayer models of how to pray. And Alsipa is adoration, wait, confession, intercession, which is pray for others, petition, which is pray for yourselves, and adoration again. Uh, so it's, it's sandwiches. I always start my prayers, almost every prayer I start with, giving thanks and adoring God, worshiping him. And I, and I try, and I usually do end every prayer with that as well. So that's super important to do that. Anything to add while I look at? Yeah, I, and sometimes I, in prayer sessions, we, we said, okay, we're not going to ask for anything. We're just going to spend this whole time giving thanks to God. And that's tough for people to do. That's really tough because it makes you think, okay, what, okay, what else did we do? And I, and I actually found a cheat code for that. I like to look back through the Psalms because there's so many great Psalms that just praise God and adore them. And I actually did a, a real Bible nerd thing just recently. I took every psalm that praised God and, and glorified him, and I numbered them on a list so I can have them. So when I go back, sometimes, well, even, I know one time I did it with the elders, and I started in one psalm and just read it down, and that changed the whole mood of the prayer. 
uh, it was just much, we were much more humble, we were much more focused. So I, I call that the cheat codes. Go to the Psalms and look how those people uh, just praise and worship God. Yeah, literally, sometimes I'll open the Psalms and I will read the Psalm out loud mm -hmm. as my prayer to God. Um, I, I want to answer this one because it's related to spiritual warfare talking about when you pray, feeling restricted. And, and I'll, I'll answer some of the other ones maybe in, in the videos that we're going to put out this week. But there's this idea, the spiritual warfare is not talked about probably enough. There are powers of evil within us and around us. And specifically what concerns me about this one is that there's a, a feeling of being constricted and not being able to reach out. Um, if you ever feel oppressed, the first thing I would always do is pray that spiritual warfare around you would be removed in Jesus' yes. name. Because all of the instances that I've experienced in my ministry of people struggling with spiritual darkness and oppression, they always use words like feeling trapped, feeling constricted, feeling like there was pressure on me. So if you're going through any of those things, uh, get prayer today. Come up and get prayer at the end with uh, any of the elders who are going to be up here and I'll be up here because it's not something you want to mess around with. These are there are forces and powers of darkness and principalities that are all around us. And we're not battling them with flesh and blood. Amen. We're battling them by the power of the spirit and the armor of God. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I would say that there's there's uh, there's a bunch of reasons uh, things that Satan doesn't want to do, but for specifically, he doesn't want us to pray, he doesn't want us to worship, he doesn't want us to share the gospel, and he doesn't want us to know who we are in Christ. Those are four big things that he doesn't want us to do, and he will do everything he can to keep us from those things. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna pray right now. So everyone, stand up. Bible says, "Lift up holy hands." So stretch. Okay, you got the stretch. Now you can lift up your hands high. If you didn't wear deodorant, keep them low. Uh, right now I want you to pray, and I want you to pray for things that you're going to thank God for this week. We're going we're gonna to challenge you to pray this week, uh, a.m. and p.m. every day for seven days, starting today. And then we're gonna, you're going to end on Saturday, you're going to come back on Sunday. But a.m. and p.m., and if you forget, you've got till 11.59 a.m., and then 11.59 p.m., but a.m. p.m., pray every day. We're going to be putting out tons of stuff to encourage you to pray, to remind you to pray. We're going to email you. We're going to Facebook you. We're going to spam you. You're going to hate me by the end of this week, but it's going to be good. Uh, so right now, I want us to pray things that we're thankful for in our life. Before we start, you can thank God for him and the cross and Jesus. Thank God for the things you have around you. No, no whining yet. No petitioning yet. No praying for others yet. We're going to take some time. Quick, though. I want us to thank God. You can thank God internally. Or you could thank God out loud. No one's going to think you're weird because we're a church family and we all know that we are weird. So you ready to go? Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one, let's pray. Father, I thank you. If you are here and you have a financial need, uh, would you put, keep your holy hands up? Financial need. So we're going to do this church family. Look around to those people who are near you that are raising their hands, and we're going to all pray for those people. If you don't know their names, um, you don't have to. That's okay. Uh, pray for the bakers. Transmission just went out in their car. They got it repaired. didn't work again, and they had to stay in a hotel for three weeks. 
Pray for Christy. Pray for Ava. Pray for Derek. Pray for Eric and Ree. We're going to pray that God would provide exactly what they need, that he would provide in a timely way, that he would help them cast their cares on Christ because Christ cares for them. Okay, so take a moment and pray for those around you who had to ha have hands raised for financial needs. Okay, how many of you guys have health needs, concerns, anything health-related? Okay, if you've got a health thing, uh, keep your hand up for a second. Keep your hand up for a second. I need people to pray for those. Um, Edwin, can you come pray for Miss Darlene? Eric, can you pray for Jared? Derek, can you pray for Darcy? Dennis, can you pray for Peggy? Let's see who, Christy, uh, Josiah, can you pray for Christy? Okay, if you're not, if you're not one of the ones right next to him, Ask if you could lay hands on these people, hold hands, shoulder hands, whatever, and pray for their healing. Uh, right now, if you're around them, extend a hand out to them because that's a thing that Christians do, lifting our hands toward the things we're praying for. We're praying for healing, for miraculous healing. We're praying for the great physician to enter into bodies and mend and remove, uh, whether it's cancers or discs or arthritis or autoimmune diseases or uh, tumors. We're praying for God to remove these things. Okay, let's take a moment and pray for these people around us. Okay, as, these, as a few people are wrapping up praying, um, to close this out today, we'll lift up holy hands together. And I want us to all thank God again for Christ and his death on the cross so that we have access. We have 100% access to God our Father all the time. We have 100% access to the healing power, to the providing power of God the Father. He will not let a sparrow fall down off of any branch Outside of his care, he cares even more so for you, the Bible says. He wants to bring us into alignment with his plan and his will for our lives, which may look like health, but it may not. Some of us may be sick for a long time. It may look like wealth, which most of us already are because we've got homes and food. But for some of us, he will strip us down because he loves us. And he will make it so that we have to depend on him more because he loves us. But let's pray and give thanks to the God who gives us a fatherly access and, and just Pray out loud, all at the same time. We don't have to understand each other, but I'll, but give give thanks to God out loud, and then I'll bless us, and we'll be on our way. Two, three, go. <clears throat> God, I thank you for the way that you've loved us, for the way that you've provided, for the way that you've given us hope, for the way that you've given us tools, Lord, that we can stand the uh, like the Jews, like the back to back. Lord, 
Okay, fam. This week, as you go, it's going to be on Facebook. I'm sending out an email tomorrow with prayer models. If you've never done it, you can text questions all week. I'll text you back, and uh, we'll answer as many questions about prayer that you have. Don't hesitate to text the number. You can text it not just on Sundays, but Monday through Saturdays as well, and I'll do my best to get back to all the questions. I'll really bless you in the offering. Uh, we'll be in the back. There'll be some baskets, um, and we'll, we'll get out of here. May God, your Father, be your loving Abba this week. May you remember that you can crawl up into his lap and ask him for things because he loves you. And may Jesus be the bridge. And may you always remember that he has made a way for you to walk with full access where you are fully loved by a father and you could be yourself because he already knows every corner of your heart. May the Holy Spirit give you the boldness to pray once in the a.m., once in the p.m., every day for the next seven days to see what God is going to do. God be with you. Have a great week.